Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Well, good morning, Brazos Valley and beyond. You are listening to KEDC and KYAR. And Thaddeus, remind me of the Palestine the Palestine call letters. KINF 107.9. KINF. Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am your host today, Pam Marvin. Later on in the show, uh, we'll be speaking with Sister Rafaela Cavallin, who is an apostle of the interior life. Um, we are in a unique position here at St. Mary's Catholic Center to have an order uh, that is here to serve the students, and we get to benefit reap the benefit of the wisdom and formation of these holy women. And I'm very excited to be speaking to her. We're going to be speaking to her after the break on virtues, on human formation and virtues. So stay tuned right after that. And we'll be here with uh, Sister Rafaela. And I want to tell my listeners that it is a pre-recorded show with the second half. So no call-ins will be um, going on at that time. That being said, I want to say, wow, what a beautiful day in the Brazos Valley. This weather, this spring, it's spring, spring this week, and Aggie football started. I know I'm crazy. Nut spring football. football. Uh, spring football. Yes, spring football. Head to first practice. And Thaddeus, I would like to know a little bit more about what's going on in Waco shortly. Hey, big stuff coming up in Waco. Yes, sir. April 19th, Thursday. April 19th from 6.30 to 9 is our Waco Benefit Dinner. Patrick Madrid is coming to town. Special engagement for our Waco listeners. And if you're in the Brazos Valley or Palestine, you want to get over to hear Patrick speak on Eucharistic miracles. Wow. You want to meet him. He's he's a really uh, fantastic gentleman. He's give, He'll give you a lot of time after afterwards at book signings. Um, come on up. And uh, get your ticket for $25 or for, uh, you can still reserve tables starting at $500. Um, But it is getting pretty full, so you want to get in there now. And how do we get tickets for that? Uh, Just go to our website, redcradio.org slash donate, and uh, all the sign-up information for either a ticket purchase or a table reservation is all right there. And and you'll be off and running. But we really would uh, really want the support, and we really appreciate all the people who have already signed up. And we think it's going to be a great event. Right, and a big shout-out to Stephanie. Yes, for Stephanie Lee things, doing a lot of organizational work. Yeah, keeping the home fires burning over there, for sure. So we thank Stephanie. Thank you for all your hard work that you're doing there in Waco and beyond. With that, um, we are going to be talking in just a few minutes to Jenny White. Now, I want to kind of frame this with our listeners. This morning on this little section of the show, we're going to be speaking with um, 
a community member who is in supporting a lovely community member here in uh, Bryan College Station. Her name is Kathy Clock. She is a young mother who was tragically diagnosed with um, a very aggressive form of breast cancer recently. And so we're going to be talking about Kathy and how she's doing and a little bit of fundraiser that's going on. So as a Catholic community, I just ask for everyone that can hear my voice today to please offer some prayers up for Kathy and Stephen and their family. Um, Prayers are so powerful. Uh, my friends are so powerful, and that love can just heal so much. And we're going to pray for this family. And with that being said, yeah, and I wanted to just mention that there is a wonderful um, prayer to Saint Joseph that you can find on the internet. It dates from about AD fifty. It's the oldest prayer to Saint Joseph known, and it carries with it this uh, reputation that it's never been known to fail when it's prayed with uh, a good intention and a trusting heart in his intercession. Uh, now so, you just like got my, my uh, interest up though. So go find out about it. There's so many prayers of St. Joseph. Like a St. Joseph Memorare, you said prayer of 1850, the oldest mm-hmm. one. It's like if I Googled oldest one ever. This is, um, it begins with, Oh, St. Joseph, whose protection is so great. Mm. Uh, it was, it was, it was sent in 1505 to Emperor Charles V, the Holy Roman Emperor. Um, that's kind of when it reappeared on the scene. But it's it's a very ancient prayer to Saint Joseph. We'll be, I'll definitely be doing that. Saint Joseph is one of my heroes. Yes, and it was just, just his feast him. day. Yeah, absolutely. Monday was celebrating that mm-hmm. all kind of ways. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, here is Jenny White on the line. Hello, Jenny. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. So good. Thank you so much. I know um, I was speaking to you earlier and this is kind of, you know, just kind of on the fly, but I'm so thankful for you being able to join us this morning on the air to just kind of give us an update. Um, All of us that are listening within earshot really want to be praying for this beautiful family, this really holy family. And there's a lot of things going on that we can do to kind of support them. And Jenny's here to to talk to talk to us about that today. So, Jenny, if you could give us just a little bit of background for people who may not know the Clock family, and, and then we'll go from there. Sure, sure. So, um, Kathy and Stephen Clock are just an awesome family. They um, have lived in College Station um, for a while now. They Stephen graduated from A and M, and Kathy went there too. And um, we became friends um, because of our children, of course. And so I've known them for almost five years now. And um, Kathy uh, recently had a beautiful little girl. She has a, a five-and-a-half-year-old boy and a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl. And they just welcomed Elizabeth Ann on February 6th. And then a week later, on Ash Wednesday, she found out that she had stage four breast cancer that had spread to her liver and her um, hip and spine. And so uh, they quickly started uh, chemo and um, they were able to get in a couple of doses or partial doses, but um, with the liver being um, very compromised, uh, they ended up um, telling her that they just don't think right now that they're able to do any more treatments and so last uh, Wednesday, um, she was sent home on hospice. And so she's home now uh, with her family, which um, 
is good because the running back and forth between hospital and home for Stephen, you know, has been um, a lot. So to have everybody in, under one roof has been has been a great blessing. And um, they actually, um, my husband and I are the baby's godparents, and so. Um, not even intentionally, but we, um, had the baptism on Monday, which ended up being a, a divine intervention. Because, well, tell me about you know, that too. That must've been a very beautiful, beautiful, um, ceremony. Can you tell me, tell us more about that? I know some other people in the community have asked me, Hey, how's that going? And so if you could just tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Sure. So the baptism was originally supposed to be this coming Saturday, but just with everything happening, we decided to do it earlier. And um, they have a really good friend, Father Travis Abadie. He's in the Diocese of Lafayette, um, who was coming into town anyways to visit. And so we kind of, you know, ran around and decided that it would be good to to move up the baptism since Kathy is um, at home. And uh, and so we did it Monday morning and um, it was it was beautiful, like you said. Her mm. um, her family was there. Um, Stephen's mom and grandparents were there, and um, their friend Father Travis was just a wonderful um, example. And um, you know, Elizabeth Ann cried through most of it, but then by the end, she was happy and content, and <laughs> in wonderful. her mama's arms. So Yay. it was it was wonderful. Well, I, to give the listeners even a little more black background as far as the community goes, when everyone, uh, we started finding out about Kathy's diagnosis, there were just literally hundreds of us whose their, their lives have already touched in different ways where our paths have crossed that Christ has blessed us to know them, myself included. I know her through the Fertility Care Center and through my work, mm-hmm. um, but the outpouring of love was extraordinary. We we have all different areas and facets of our community of people wanting to pray, wanting to do, what can we do, how can we help? And so some very industrious friends, and I believe it was Erin Reynoso who put together a GoFundMe. Is that correct, Jenny? Yes, yes. What can you tell us? So, uh, I, you so know, it's, uh, it's, it's like a GoFundMe. It's called You Caring okay. um, is the website. And what, what uh, we liked about that one when we were looking at them is that they don't take any proceeds for themselves. You know, ah. a lot of those donation pages take a percentage for themselves. Um, but this one is completely donation-based. And so, um, you know, other than the PayPal, you know, what they typically take, 100% of it goes to Kathy and Steven. So, um it's been really great. It's youcaring.com. And if you just search Kathy Clock, both with a K, um, you can find it pretty easily there. Uh, and it's been it's been amazing. It's already surpassed the goal that we had set, <laughs> which I just am, it blows my mind. And like you said, just the outreaching of people and prayers. Um, I know for me, like, you know, even though this is just such a awful, you know, experience, for my friend and just for us who know her, you know, it's just so amazing to see God work in so many people and in so many unexpected ways. So um, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of joy and graces and all those good things that have, have been able to come out of that. And of course, I mean, none of us are surprised either because Kathy is just such an amazing Holy woman. She really is. Yeah. Oh, super. And just, you know, the shirt, and you mentioned there's other things. So we have shirts that 
um, a couple of friends have put together, Amanda Holmes and Lauren Goldie, um, who did an amazing job. And uh, Kathy identifies greatly with St. Gianna and just her selflessness and um, just complete service to God. And so the shirt has two quotes from St. Gianna on them. Um, and on the front, just nice and bold, it just says whatever God wants. And that's that kind of puts Kathy in a nutshell. You know, she's just going to do and be whatever God wants. So, Wow, that's, that's so beautiful. So if I wanted to buy one of those T-shirts, how would I do that, Jenny? So they are for sale on um, Lauren Goldie's webpage. It's santaclaradesign.com and uh, slash Kathy. So com slash Kathy. And then from there, you can click on whether you want an adult shirt, child shirt, and it'll lead you through the buying process. Okay. So um, I want to tell our listeners that uh, here in a little while, we'll post some of those things to our Facebook page. So if you're not catching this, you'll be able to um, receive these links and be able to go and, and contribute through the you caring. Now, is you caring not just a you, but actually yes. the word spelled out? Yes, okay. Y O U. Okay. Yes, you got it. Youcaring.com.org. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yes. Um, and again, I want to remind all of our listeners throughout this, this, um, Texas region and beyond that this is just one of the things that we do as a Catholic community, as a Christian community, is to come together and, and support um, all of us in the body of Christ because it, what happens to one of us really happens to all of us. And it's been a beautiful thing, as Jenny's been saying, to, to watch the outpouring of love and support for Stephen and the children and for Kathy. She's just a holy woman of God, and we, we really keep her in your prayers. So I'd like to just take a second, Jenny, and um, say a little prayer for Kathy on the air. And those of you that are here with us um, listening right now, if you wouldn't mind just stopping for a second and say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Oh, Heavenly Father, we just wrap our loving arms around Kathy, your beautiful servant who's taught us so much about loving God purely and with a simple heart. Today, Father, we ask you to wrap your arms around her, comfort her and her family, Stephen, the children, and if it be your holy will, to rid all cancer from her body, Lord, all cancer. Bring great comfort to the family and loved ones. We ask you, Lord, just for the grace, the grace to to go forward and to love purely as Kathy has taught us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you, everyone, for praying for us. And, Jenny, thank you so much for joining us on the air today. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, maybe, that we've overlooked? Um, the only thing that I can think of is that their friend who had come, Father Travis, I mean, yeah, Father Travis had, um, mentioned that there is a, um, former parishioner who has been long past, but they are, um, the community is working on getting him to be recognized and maybe blessed one day. And so he had brought a relic of some sort of belonging of his to Kathy and is asking for the intercession of his name is Augusta Pelafig. And um, so Kathy has been praying and asking for the intercession through him as well. And um, there's a website about him called nunco.org, N-O, 
N-C-O. And so if anybody's interested or would like to ask for his intercession as well, um, they would probably greatly appreciate that too. I Yes, I'll include, again, all these things. I'll post it to the Red Sea Radio Facebook page. So anyone wants more information on this, we can surely find it there here in the next hour. Um, again, Jenny, thank you. And we're, you know, you are an example as well. You and Aaron and um, all the friends that have contacted me, Angela Okonski and uh, Sarah Adams. I, she's got such a great, beautiful network around her of loving friends and family. And, and we're just so grateful to God that he loves us through our friends. So we just say, we hope that God blesses you during the coming weeks. Thank you so much. We are, we are very blessed. Yes, that's for sure. So. Well, thanks again, and I hope to see you in the community Uh soon. Sounds good. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, We were talking with Jenny White about our beloved sister, Kathy Clock, and her family. Just keep Stephen and the children in your prayers, as well as Kathy. And uh, again, we will be able to put up some of the information on our Red Sea Radio Facebook page, the santaclara.com forward slash Kathy, the youcaring.com. And I'm interested in looking at, have you heard of um, Augusta Pelafig? Augustin Pelafig? No, I have not. I hadn't. Well, I'm going to look him up at nunco.org for sure. Um, also, I just want to just kind of remind our listeners, um, just have a couple more minutes here, but as we are really approaching um, Holy Week, I pray that right now you'll start to really discern and um, pray about what you're doing uh, for Holy Week. Are you going to attend the Triduum? If you've never done that, if you've never attended Thursday, Friday, and Saturday tonight, because you know it is one long ceremony. It's not just one day separate from one another. It's three contiguous ceremonies that make up one beautiful, glorious celebration. So I encourage our listeners that if you've never done that all three days continuously to do that this year, it will bless your life. It will bless your spirit, your soul, and all those who know you as well. So be very thoughtful. Like we like to say these days, intentional about um, your faith and about living through this holy week that we're going to be experiencing here coming up with Good Friday, the Holy Thursday, uh, and then the Easter Vigil. So do you all do something special for Easter Vigil? Do you go no, to Easter you, Vigil? Or not, do you, you know, not typically. Because of the children being small? No, I think it's just not, uh, it was not a tradition in either one of our families growing up to attend the Easter Vigil. It was yeah. always Sunday morning Mass. Well, you know, I do, I have a little a convert confession to make about it the Easter Triduum. Of course, I came into to the church at the, the, the Holy Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when my children were small, my older children who are in their 20s now, the, um, the vigil was very poorly attended. So there was no one at Mass. And we used to go because it was just so beautiful. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. And it went by so quickly and it was not very many people there. Um, that's not the case anymore. It's like richly attended the, every church I've been to in the last few years, um, for Easter vigil, I usually determine like, 
do I know someone coming into the church? And this year I do. So I want to say a big shout out to sweet Lisa Sage, who is the fiance of Travis Boney. She'll be coming into the church at St. Thomas Aquinas, the Easter vigil. Awesome. And um, just want to pour lots of love on her and everyone just like her that'll be coming into the church this coming up um, Easter vigil. So with that said, I hope that all of you will stay tuned um, to After the Break, where we have our interview with Sister Rafaela on Virtue. Welcome back. Joining me this morning is Sister Rafaela Cavallin. Did I say it correctly? You sure did. She is an apostle of the interior life here at St. Mary's Catholic Center, um, fresh from um, Italy. Yes, yes return. It's not been so long ago that you were there visiting. But how long have you been back in the Bryan College Station area? Well, I got back in October of 2017. After being gone for about five years, I used to be here from 2008 until 2012, and then I was gone, and now I'm back. I'm so thankful that you are. Thank we're you. So, I was just telling her off the air, folks, that we're so very, very blessed to have um, the apostles here, apostles of the interior life, that you have how many sisters are currently living here? There are four of us sisters uh, mm-hmm. here in College Station. That's awesome. Well, today um, I'm going to continue the theme that I've kind of chosen for my year is about a lot about human formation and just about how we can grow closer to Christ. But I, I would really like, Sister, for you to just take a few minutes and talk about like defining what human formation is and why that is important to our spiritual life. Um, for me personally, it's it, it's, it was a, a, an enlightening of the mind to kind of pull away this kind of part of my human thought process to realize about the human side and the spiritual side. So it was it was very very helpful for me. So if you would, for our listeners, just start from the beginning on what is human formation and why is it good for us? Yeah. Well, this is such a great topic, and I really love it as we sisters do a lot of spiritual direction and uh, helping people uh, just grow in their relationship with God. And that, as St. Thomas Aquinas reminds us, uh, um, is based on the very fact that grace builds on nature. And because grace builds on nature, um, it is important uh, to give the proper attention to our nature. And I think that very often uh, we might be tempted to only think about our spiritual life in terms of spiritual aspect of it, which is, of course, important, Mm -hmm. but it does build on nature. And uh, uh, not that we need to correct St. Thomas Aquinas or anything, but I like to add that grace builds on on nature, but also grace understands nature. Mm. And that is to say that um, God himself took on human flesh in Jesus Christ so that he understands our humanity. Mm-hmm. And so then we realize that because we have a body, psyche, and spirit, uh, those three dimensions 
dimensions are very important for for our growth. And so you said body, psyche, and spirit. and spirit. So so I haven't heard it put that way before. So delineate between the psyche and spirit then. Yeah, well, the, if you think about the psyche, is the realm where all of our emotions mm. um, mm-hmm. happen and where we experience these strong interior movements uh, mm. that are more um, on the psychological level. So emotions of any kind, you know, both the positive and the uh, the ones that, you know, make us a little bit cringe from time to time. But they are part of who we are in our human uh, nature, in our humanity. And so then the spiritual life, so the soul is really where God's grace abides. Mm. And so those three realities, body, psyche, and spirit are so intertwined that you cannot separate them. You know, one of the things that I tell, you know, my directees, especially if there are students in college, maybe your typical freshman who comes in and, you know, you try to talk about the spiritual life and ask them how their prayer is going. And they might say, well, you know, sister, I haven't really been able to pray in the past week or so. And then I ask them, okay, you know, what, how come, you know, what, what do you feel that happens when you try to pray? They say, well, I, I fall asleep, I'm tired. And then I ask them, well... May I ask you, what time do you go to bed at night? And they say, well, you know, I stay up until 2 or 3 a.m. And then what time do you want to pray? And they say, well, I set my alarm for 7 a.m. It's like, duh. You know, it doesn't take a PhD, you know, in psychology to realize that if you go to bed at 3 a.m., you can't pray at 7 a.m. So, you see, what might seem like a spiritual problem, I don't have time to pray, turns out to be an issue in human formation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It might be good to go to bed earlier. Right. Well, then, you, well, one of the things that I'm hearing you say, too, which if in the course of our conversation, you can talk to then about spiritual maturity and what that looks like, which I mm-hmm. think is is beautiful to stand out there as a or to hold out there as an example of a spiritually mature person is this and such and so forth. So so if throughout the conversation, when that comes into it, I'd love to hear you add that part of it, too. Absolutely. Sure. But sister has... Um, Started with, I want to say, I asked her, sister, I really want you to share what's on your heart about human formation and what is one of the main themes you see. So not all of us are are able to get to spiritual guidance and spiritual direction. So I'm kind of hoping that this, these podcasts will, this radio show will offer some of that for folks that are not able to receive that. And part of it is a human formation. And I asked her, well, what do you think is one of the greatest needs for people to know? And this is what she told me. So go ahead, sister. I want you to go ahead and, yeah. and start with what we had talked about. Yes. So the, the first step that come, comes to mind is really to see where virtues come into play. Because, uh, you know, as we know, the catechism, you know, talks about virtues uh, as the habitual and, uh, you know, repetitive disposition to do good. And so I realized that a lot of our human maturity comes from the fact that we do place our life under the direction of the Holy Spirit, mm. which, by the, by the way, is what spiritual direction means. It doesn't mean that I direct someone's spirit, but it means that the Holy Spirit directs that person's life, and they just happen to use a human being, you know, as a channel and so uh, the catechism, which which to me is like gold, it's a gold mine, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's always important to invite, um, you know, our fellow 
Christians to go back to those, you know, to those basic elements. And so he says that, you know, human, um, human virtues are at the very bottom or the very foundation of any human growth. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think about, um, I don't know if you, if you are familiar with a centerpiece, just try to imagine a centerpiece, like a set of seven or eight vases where you put flowers but they have a unique um, common uh, bottom so that they're all attached one to the other one. And so if you pour water in one of the seven or eight vases, the level of the water will rise equally in all of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so think about that in terms of virtues. You know, the virtues are all connected at the bottom. They might be different virtues. They might be individually distinct ones, but at the bottom, they're all connected. And so when you start pouring liquid, quote-unquote, on one of the vases, the level of water of the liquid will increase equally in all of them. So if I start pouring the liquid, quote-unquote, of grace uh, within, let's say, the virtue of honesty, then I will see that the next one over that might be prudence and then humility and then hope and faith uh, and purity and whatever, all those other virtues will start increasing as well. Mm -hmm. So that tells you that they're all connected. So that is what makes human formation such a beautiful um, project, quote unquote, to keep Mm -hmm. in mind uh, that we can grow because we are made this way. God has made us in a way that everything is so connected. Right. I think what begs the question, when someone is starting out on their spiritual journey, they have to first kind of realize, ah, I can't do this by myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I would Absolutely. say that that's kind of a real necessary starting point for God's grace to 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 get in there. Um, but what would say like someone who's really starting on their journey, their first step in starting to work on some of these virtues, what would you suggest to them? Well, the first one is really to be open to the Holy Spirit, because uh, um, that is really the conditio sine qua non, the condition without which we can't move. Otherwise, it would be simply a you know self-improvement program, but this is different. Mm. This is allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our life in a way that makes us grow um, fully in the person that God is calling us to be. And so that is where you see that without God's grace, you know, it will just be, you know, self-imposed willpower type of exercise. I often use the words um, docility to the Holy Spirit, like just being very docile. And if you can imagine that, just like, I don't know, I like like, uh, nature scenes where you're just, the breeze is blowing and you're just really enjoying it and listening and and being very aware of it. And uh, I see that way because in my own conversion experience, I had a moment like that where I, Felt like I was asking God as a little child, "Are you real, Lord? Are you real? Are you really there?" And this crisp, cool wind blew about that time, and so um, yeah, yeah. And docility—it's great that you bring it up because it actually comes from the Latin "docibilitas," which means the ability to be taught. Mm. Like "docere" means to teach, so docility is the ability to be teachable. Mm-hmm. And so docility to the Holy Spirit really means placing our life under the care and the teaching authority of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that's when Amen. we are docile, we are telling the Holy Spirit, you know, I tie my hands behind my back and I let you do it. Right, right. For me. 
And the one thing that usually stands in our way is personal sin. (laughs) Most definitely. It sure does. Okay. So say um, when you're a college freshman and and she's just starting on this journey or she or he and is thinking, okay, well, I need to start with working on my docility to the Holy Spirit and my increase in virtue. Then what would you talk Mm -hmm. to them about? Where do you go from there? Well, honestly, the first thing that I invite them to is really to make themselves receptive because, um, again, it's not so much about us walking up a mountain and planting a solitary you know, flag at the top, but it is rather inviting the Lord to, to pick us up and take us up there. And so, um, honestly, at the first appointment, I just invite them to set aside a specific time during the day mm-hmm. to begin that journey, just to to set out on that journey. Because unfortunately, sometimes if we just set the the goal too high, they will get discouraged after like three, four days. You know, they might start out start out strong and then, you know, they they just let it go because it's too hard. Whereas, you know, as as Jesus said to one of the mystics, Make of yourself a capacity, and I will make of myself a torrent. Mm, so that is the idea. Our it. our goal in our spiritual life, and this is where human formation comes in, is really to stretch our hearts to become containers so that God's grace can flow and Jesus can really become that torrent that comes in and you know fills us up with what we need, which That's is His beautiful. grace. Yeah, and there's uh, as you're saying that I really see the like an emptying. So you, our vessel has to kind of be empty of us and all of yep. our stuff and our busyness and our cloudedness and distraction to be able to be filled with Him. So, uh, yeah, I like I'm sure that there's a you get asked that question a lot about people who fight with distraction. Like, oh, you know, I just can't. Yeah, I seem so distracted. I don't feel like it's very good. What What, what would you ask or say to them? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that distraction might be the number one uh, concern that most people have when it comes to starting a prayer life or actually continuing a prayer life. And, uh, well, first of all, I say that distractions are natural because we are human beings. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Up, you know, when the little squirrel, squirrel, you know, comes. And that's what I do sometimes with the Lord. I'm praying, I'm facing the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, and all of a sudden I go like, squirrel, squirrel. But again, as I said earlier, grace builds on nature and grace understands nature. Mm. So the Lord understands that our human nature catches glimpses of things here and there. But actually, when it comes to distraction, I personally help people uh, distinguish between uh, what I call like natural distractions, which are, you know, if someone is mowing the lawn outside of the chapel, or all of a sudden you remember that, you know, you forgot to do the laundry or something or pick up something at the store. That's one type of distraction that comes and goes, and it doesn't really matter. So in those cases, I suggest people to keep a bunch of post-its by their Bible and just write down those random distractions so that it it could become a to-do list, right, Mm. for the end of the the prayer. And that's what happens to me. Sometimes I walk out of the chapel with a to-do list, which were all the distractions that came up in prayer. Now, that's one type of distraction, which I feel is really harmless. There is indeed 
though another type of distraction, which might be a reoccurring thought, a reoccurring concern, a reoccurring desire. And we are so quick to label them as distractions, but they might be something that the Lord is sending our way so that we can give them their due attention. Mm. So if a reoccurring concern or a desire, something keeps coming back over and over and over again, and no matter how hard we try to push it aside, it will come back, then it's time to stop and ask the Lord, Lord, are you behind all of this? Because if you are, there's no way that I would be pushing it away because it's your way to try to get my attention to start thinking about this very thing. Yes, I think um, one of the single best uh, I don't know. I guess I read it one time many years ago, which I thought was really wonderful that when your mind keeps coming back to something like this, like in, in my case, several, this has been several years ago, um, but I kept having this desire for a child, another child. And uh, my, and I just, my husband didn't want one. So I had to keep pushing it away and pushing it away. But after several years going through that, I realized that since it didn't go away, that was what I heard. If it's something that's very persistent and it serves God, it doesn't go away. Then you need to start to listen to that. So um, that persistence in in a good a good thought, so to speak. Absolutely. And it was. And then many years later, we had two more children. So thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, okay, let's keep going, going down your list of some of the things that you wanted to mention. Yes. I think, you know, as I, as I was reading through the catechism again, um, I love how the catechism just takes the virtues and divides them between, you know, human and theological. And uh, again, you know, the idea of these human, uh, human virtues, which, which are the very uh, backbone of our, of our growth. And so I liked, uh, um, sometimes I just like to go back to the catechism and just read the definitions. Uh, I'm one of those nerds that sometimes goes to dictionary.com is my number one go to <laughs> website because I love definitions. And so, for example, for the virtue of prudence, which is the first one the, the catechism offers, it says, prudence disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. I love this definition. And, you know, once I read in a book, going back to things that from the past, one of my favorite quotes that says, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Mm. Say that again, because I thought it was good. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. we fight. Uh, you know, we fight even with the Lord in prayer. We say, Lord, but I did what was right. I mean, this just was the right thing. But if I realized that it was the right thing, but it was at the wrong time, then it's not the right thing in that, uh, in that moment. And so we can apply it to different situations. Uh, and this is where, again, human formation kicks in. Right. Well, can I, I want to add another yeah. one that I've, I've heard kind of similar that I've used in the past is that um, Satan may throw you emeralds so you'll miss the diamonds. So it's a distraction. Whoa. It's a good, mm-hmm. but yeah. not quite as good as what Christ is calling you to. Indeed. Yeah. Amen. I like that. <laughs> I'll write that down. Um so, like, just applying this this concept of prudence, for example, fraternal correction. Mm. Oh, boy, that comes up so often. You know, when you're talking to college students, it's about their roommates, you know, not doing the dishes or not taking out the trash. It comes up in 
family life. It comes up in communities, religious mm, communities, it, mm-hmm. in parishes. I mean, it comes up really across the board. And I want to pause for a second there to say I, I would venture to say that our culture is having a really issue with being um, another way to say fraternal correction would be just a, an honest, truthful conversation about a just thing that needs to to help to improve the other. Okay, mm-hmm. so that is something that, as a culture, I think we've really gotten away from. I can, per, you know, speak from personal experience. I've always had this loathing of confrontation, <laughs> but I see how Christ is calling me more to gentle mm-hmm. fraternal corrections. And we're not saying, you know, ah, you're so bad. No, there's a, there's a right, right way and a so, wrong way. Amen. Okay, so let's go ahead amen. and talk a little bit about that too. Yeah, and and so the idea of. For example, fraternal correction is knowing the when and how to offer it. Uh, that is, always discern your motives. Mm. Um, and Saint, timing. Yes. St. John Bosco was a great educator, one of the greatest probably in the history of the church. He would you know, always advise parents, don't scold your children when you are very upset, because what they will remember is not the teaching that you're trying to impart on them, but it's the fact that you're upset with them. And so he would say, just let your upsetness abide and then provide your feedback, which of course is not easy (laughs) to do. But that's where, you know, prudence comes into place to help us discern the when and the how to bring about that fraternal correction. Um, Also, I realize uh, maybe this is part of the difference between the Italian culture and the American culture is that, as you well know, Italians were known to be very upfront, very much in your face. Um, And so I realized that sometimes uh, for us, you know, being a little bit too too extreme in in confronting people, sometimes here in the U.S., I realized there's more some of the passive aggressiveness, which, you know, seems to be, things seem to be calmer, but there is an underneath... uh, uh, anger there and some aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. So fraternal correction is clearly one of those places where prudence uh, is called uh, to guide us, mm-hmm. to know. this. I actually teach this in the family, too, So um, about when to ask parents. Like I, I coach my teenagers. They want to ask you to do, go do certain things or ask something from their dad. And one of the phrases I use is very simplistic and very easily, which means you're, it says read the book. And what that is, is um, at, see if the person is receptive at that point. Is the timing good? How is your disposition? So there's many factors that go into it. And um, so like when, my, when I'm visibly upset or stressed about something and my daughter starts to bring up a whole nother conversation about, can I do this or can we go do this? I'm like, read the book. Now's not a, not a good time. So <laughs> yes. I like to say that with fraternal mm-hmm. correction as well, then you have to read the book is what is... What is it? What is, is the body language and the environment saying about the timing of it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, I, I love uh, board games. And what comes to mind about uh, seriously about prudence is one of my favorite board games, which is called Risk. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, it's very much a, a game of strategy. But one thing that I've learned about playing Risk since I was a child is that sometimes it's prudent to lose a territory if that allows you to reach your objective. Right. Losing a battle if you can win the war. And that is so such a prudent application Mm. um, of of formation. And you can apply that besides the board game, you can apply that 
to human life, mm-hmm. there are some situations where you just need to let something go. And that is the most prudent thing to do because you are discerning what is the true good in every particular um, circumstance. And then this virtue of prudence also allows us to apply the moral principles to particular cases without error. And this is, I think, where, you know, parents are like the master teachers uh, about this. I don't know, how many kids do you have? Five. Five. Then you probably know that uh, each child that grows up in the same family to whom you've imparted the same teachings might react very differently because they have different temperaments. And so you might know that one thing that you say to one child wouldn't fly as well with the other child Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So this is, I guess, where prudence comes in. Mm -hmm. If you need to scold a child, let's say that it's sanguine, that has more of a sanguine temperament, you can just call them and they will cry for two minutes and then they're They're back up running, Mm -hmm. they're over it, and then that's fine and they even forget about it. But if you scold a child who might be more on the melancholic side, you know, you are just, you know, about to kill them. And so you need to know how to do that. Or, a, or, a, or you know, a, a child that might be choleric, mm-hmm. then you just need to sit down and give them all the reasons why you're telling them that this was not a good idea. Right. So that's that's prudence. That's prudence in action. Yeah, I want to break it down even more simplistically because I usually think about the teenager level and because that's where I actively every day I'm teaching. And prudence is to slow down. Be thoughtful in your reaction. And and oftentimes just among our friends, we'll say, you know, um, don't say yes or no. As as women, be so busy. We have such a knee-jerk reaction to say yes to things because we want to be helpful. We desire to be helpful. We we desire to do good. Uh, But I have to... To, to, to remind myself to say, well, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Let me see what the Holy Spirit's calling me to. And that's kind of hard, even if I'm like wanting to jump out there and say yes right away to try and, and that's the prudence. So I'm actually having to sit on my hands because it's like my human nature wants to jump into it right, mm-hmm. right away. But that spiritual nature that we're talking about says, ah, prudence must go before you. And I loved mm-hmm. the way you described it off air as prudence is the charioteer of all virtues, mm-hmm. the guiding is beautiful. Yes. And, you know, this is really where um, you just see that we, we are indeed called to, quote unquote, obey that interior speed limit. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's what prudence is. Prudence tells you, okay, slow down. And prudence doesn't, ser- doesn't necessarily mean don't act, but act at the right time. Perfect. Yes. So that's really what uh, what it is. And another one of my favorite quotes says, good judgment comes from experience, which often comes from bad judgment. Ah, I like that. Which is pretty much so learn true. from your Your're own mistakes, mistakes and move, right. move on, you know, striving um, to recognize the good at hand and realizing, well, that might have been a wrong idea, a wrong move, but now I'm learning from it. Yes. And so the prudent man, the prudent woman is the one that learns from the past discerns rightly what is at hand and then moves moves forward. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I love that that idea of prudence and and how can we more practically as we start to wind down the show already, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, in practically practical everyday living, even from a student's perspective and just from um, your ordinary Catholic perspective, 
of how to, what is it like a, like if I come away with a resolution today to be more prudent, what would that really look like, sister? What would you tell me? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of uh, tangible way would you have me increase prudence or be thinking about it? Yeah, well, I would say, first of all, uh, as the catechism says, to discern our true good right there, discern. It's not figure it out. So Mm. it's not just in your head because we figure things out in our head, but we discern in prayer. So very simple. And it doesn't need to be you getting down on your knees. If if you need to make a quick decision, it can be a quick two seconds prayer, invocation of the Holy Spirit. So invite the Holy Spirit right there and say, okay, Lord, I don't like to make rush decisions, but right now I need to make a decision. You know, the exit is coming up on the highway. Is it most prudent to do this or not? It goes from those small things to the bigger ones where we need to take time, extra time to, Mm. to be prudent, to discern. So that would be probably the first thing, just discern versus figure out. So invite the Holy Spirit uh, right there. And then, as I said, try to obey your interior speed limit. We run everywhere. Everything we do. And so, like, I remember one of my directees uh, years ago told me that her Lenten resolution was to obey the speed limit. And she was always used to drive like five above or ten above the speed limit. And for a whole, you know, Lent, she decided that's what I need to do. And sure enough, that helped her, you know, that patience, that prudence helped her in other area of her life. Well, I have a, another friend who sounds wise like that, too. But she gave it, uh, she gave up something for Lent along these lines. One year, she gave up rushing. There you go. She said, I will not rush no matter what. And that, I think of that every Every time I start to feel rushed, because I, I do feel like, um, let's say the devil's in the details of us, the opposite of prudence then would be impulsivity. Okay. Correct. So if you feel yourself being impulsive, let that be a trigger to, to slow down and take that breath. And I, I mean, I always use breath and wind as, as, mm-hmm. as big symbols for the um, Holy Spirit, just because that's so real to us, the breathing in, the breathing out, the breeze and so forth. So take a moment. I personally will take a deep breath. My two seconds of prayer is usually yep. a, two, you know, breathe, a deep breath mm-hmm. and asking the Holy Spirit to be present. And I'm usually always leaning on the Blessed Mother too, saying, oh, Mother. Can't go me. wrong with her. <laughs> yeah, I say, give me right judgment. Help mm-hmm. to you know, give me right judgment. So I, I usually go to her quite a bit as a mother. Um, but anyone, yes. of course, she is our mother. Absolutely. She's a good one. Oh, I know. <laughs> the best we could ask for. Lean on her anytime. Yes. Well, sister, is there anything else on your on your list that you wanted to go over with us with uh, about prudence, uh, the human formation, folks? We just need to ever be mindful that we ha- we are human and spiritual in nature, and to to try and tame some of the 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 lower react reactions, maybe um, mm-hmm. that are just of the human nature. Uh, to calm those, be more more docile to the spirit, to be guided more by that, and I think that's our that's our um, our challenge as humans to mm-hmm. to always be running this race, um, building the strength that is the spirit within us that guides us wherever we go and which direction we go. Absolutely, and you know, just to just to close, I think that um, just a reminder that uh, this whole human formation just is both the work of the Holy Spirit in us and our human response. So I just leave you with my favorite acronym that is RSVP, thinking that the Lord sends us an invitation um, to holiness 
And uh, with any inv invitation that we receive, we get an RSVP, right, that we need to send in. So R stands for responsibility, S stands for sacraments, V for virtues, and P for prayer. RSVP. So the Lord invites us to holiness, and we have the responsibility. We are made able to respond through that invitation, mm -hmm. and we do that through a life of virtues, prayer, and sacraments. If we do that, I think that's pretty much a good recipe. Mm, I absolutely. I mean, I think always one of the ways I heard it put when a little more simplistically, I'm a little more simple, sister, <laughs> is, uh, you know, when if, if ever you desire to grow so much closer to Christ, you, you know, you, the prayer and sacraments should always be um, the foundation, prayer and sacraments. And I like to say adoration in the rosary, too. Amen. That's Pam's too Keep little. adding. Yeah. Keep adding. <laughs> we can always use more, for sure. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well it's so good to have you. Um, what is going to be next time? If you come next time, what topic would you like mm -hmm. to talk about? Well, um, I need. if I have to choose, I would honestly continue with the virtues. Mm -hmm. And so going through, you know, justice and then fortitude and temperance, which are the other three cardinal virtues, which means like the, our life hinges right. upon those virtues and and to see how, you know, we can put them in practice. Okay. I think practical. a good way to kind of to wrap up this whole section is that we talked about the um, theological and human virtues and then cardinal virtues. So if you could just run through real quick those kind of mm -hmm. like, um, what are the theological virtues? Yeah. So theological virtues are hope, faith, uh, and love. So th those are like the God-given virtues that, you know, we we receive and that are living within us. It's like the Trinity abiding within us. And then along with those three theological virtues, we have what are called the human virtues. And these are the ones that we are invited to grow in day in and day out by the habitual repetition of these virtues. And those are, you know, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. So next time, those are the cardinal. Correct? Those are yeah, yes. the cardinal. They're called the cardinal, the cardinal human. Yeah, human and it's cardinal kind of like are the a, same. A pyramid, right? So you've got the three theological, mm -hmm. then you've got the seven cardinal. Seven cardinal. There are the four, four cardinal, cardinal virtues. And it's seven total, seven total yeah, okay. virtues, but three are called theological, and four are called human or cardinal. And cardinal because they hinge. It comes from the Latin cardine, which means to oh. hinge. So everything hinges. Upon these four human Beautiful. cardinal virtues. Okay. Well, next time Amen. you come, we're going to really dive deeper into some of those and how we can practical, practically live them out in our day-to-day -day lives as we all desire so much to grow closer in Christ. Well, Sister Rafaela, it's so very, very nice to have you on Red Sea Radio today. We hope that you will come back in the near future as your schedule permits. And join me next time on Red Sea Roundup. And until then, go and love your neighbor. Grazie. Yeah.